You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning to our listeners and our friends here at the Classic Auto Mall studios and facility here in Morgantown. It's a beautiful, crispy five degree day outside. <laughs> five degrees in, it's about seventy in here. At so. seventy in here, hey, hey, I like it warm. You know, my hands get. You well, know. we got a lot of lot of visitors That's, today. Yeah, exactly. My goodness, Saturdays are just crazy busy. Mm-hmm. So it is February the fourth, um, and we are recording this. And it will air on February the eleventh, I believe it is, is when it actually airs. So we're a, a week behind. So we're just finishing up the uh, Philly Auto Show, which has been fantastic. And we ran into uh, our spokesperson, Alyssa Bainbridge, down there, Miss Pennsylvania, who she's everywhere. She was at she the Punxsutawney Phil thing the other day, too. Where the, she's a limo? Or how she get around? I don't know. Some kind of whirly bird or something. I don't know. It's, but she's everywhere. I mean, she was at the, you know, where the, the groundhog sees his shadow. She was there. She was at the Philly Auto Show. She was, and, and taking pictures nonstop. I mean, I can't imagine that many pictures of me or anybody being out there in, in the world, you know, and, and it's just every day. That's what she does is take pictures with people. So yeah, she's almost like a politician without the politics. Without, without speaking of that, yes, I got a little bit of a traffic jam yesterday. How so? Friday, February the third, because our uh, commander in chief and his sidekick were in town, and they closed down the Schuylkill and going eastbound, and I'm going westbound in traffic, and literally, there's nothing coming. It's like uh-huh. it's like the end of the world. It's like why is there nobody on this? I didn't know he was in town. And why is there nobody on this left side, you know, coming east mm-hmm. on 76? You don't ever see that. No traffic at 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Well, all of a sudden, about 30 motorcycle cops go by. Mm-hmm. And then another, you know, 20 cop cars and Suburbans. And there was this thing with a with a satellite-looking thing like you have mm-hmm. on an RV where you can get serious mm-hmm. or a, a dish network. Yep. But it was about four times as big. And the thing was all blacked out with lifted. And I don't know what it did. I don't know either, but <laughs> A lot, they have a lot of vehicles in the uh, motorcade. Yeah, in the motor, and they were right across from where we were, right? It's the Sheraton, in the Sheraton, oh, right, right there. Yeah, is he on his way to Wilmington? I no, I think there's. I don't know what they're doing. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that. I don't care. It means that I don't care. It does mess up traffic. Though. It does. That's all I'm bitching about is that's the traffic right. part. That's right. of it. That's, I really don't care about the rest of. It. But literally, I'm stopped in traffic, and over the barricade, which is literally two feet to my left. Two feet beyond that comes the presidential limousine, the right. beast, right. they call it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see them clearly as day and right in there. So, you know, nice that. So I guess. But anyway, um, so it took me an hour and 45 minutes to get from Philly to Morgantown, which normally takes about an hour. Yeah. So I'm not bitching. I'm just, you know, hey. I'm just talking out loud because I can. Right. <laughs> so 900 plus cars in inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, they keep coming in. We got another Corniche convertible. Did you see that? I saw that. Beautiful yeah. car, yeah. And uh, tri- uh, 63 Triumph TR4, which I know our, our guest, upcoming guest today will uh, love to talk about because he loves those kind of foreign cars. And uh, But anyway. 911s, Corvettes, Vets, uh, just, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's just amazing. And, of course, uh, it gets – 
more and more, we're getting more and more people who are be, becoming, we're becoming their go-to for consignments and selling their car. Mm-hmm. And because they realize that it, it's kind of difficult to do it on your own. It's it's a lot of work, and there's a lot of pitfalls, and so you got to be careful. We just got a guy, uh, and I'm not going to say a guy, a person mm-hmm. who was trying to buy a car, and they wanted to send us a cashier's check, and then we were to send $3,000 of that. They were going to pay us over, send 3000 of it to a shipper, and then he was going to send us back 100 for help. You know. Was he a Nigerian prince? And, uh, you know, it was one day we're going to find out that Nigerian prince money was real and that somebody – we all uh, missed out know. on millions of dollars. I doubt it. The guy I died recently. He said, yeah, I've tried to give my money away for years and <laughs> nobody. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, and, and a lot of it's, you know, I, I, listen, that's part of the pitfalls of, of this business. So, you know, some people think, well, gosh, if he's sending me a check for $50,000 and all I got to do is send $3,000, mm-hmm. then obviously he's not trying to scam me because where are the 40, you know, the other 47,000. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is they get them to get people to send that money before that check clears. And then a week later, you sent the three thousand dollars, and that check bounces in your account, and you're out the three thousand dollars. It's a very common scam, especially if you're selling privately. It happens all the time if you're listing mm-hmm. your car on Craigslist, got yeah. bid or eBay. What people don't realize is the scam is usually the down payment. It's not the full amount. Right. So they're like, "Well, I didn't get burned for fifty thousand. Yeah, but you you gave a guy five hundred dollars for doing nothing, or more, yeah. or more, or three thousand yep. dollars in this particular case. So that's why we do what we do, and that's why you should always use our services. Special thanks to the Pat Travers Man for allowing us to use their uh, wonderful song, Offbeat Ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, go to our website, news uh, newsletter, classicautomall.com, <laughs> and click on Sign Up for Newsletter, and we'll send you once a month we send a newsletter, and it's got a new inventory and you know some stuff that's going on around here and different things. And uh, we just try to have fun with it, and we try to make it not overbearing uh, because I know that there are some places where I get a newsletter or a email four and five times a day. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know why I don't just unsubscribe to some of this stuff. <laughs> I think Bring a Trailer sends me two a day. Yeah, they which do. Which I'm not complaining. No, because it's cool. There's, they've got some cool stuff on there. And, right. and you know, they've usually got 80 to 100 cars uh, online mm-hmm. uh, available for auction at any given time. And the interesting thing about Bring a Trailer is, is the participation by the outsiders looking in, if you will. Some of them are very knowledgeable about a mark or a particular make or model or type of car. And you can learn a lot on there. You know, there's a lot of, lot of information on there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, between that and some of the bigger auction houses, when they do these massive descriptions on these cars, you know, there's always information to be gleaned from them, uh, as well. Because listen, you can go on the internet and I mean, there's a gazillion things on there and how you don't always know which is true and which is not true. You don't want to start spouting off numbers because just because you saw it on the internet and say this is car is one of 10 and it turns out to be one of 10,000 or right. one of a hundred thousand somebody dinged steve magnanti online the other day because he he made the mistake of saying that the, he there was a turbo trans am that came across the line right and said they weren't they weren't, weren't the stock wheels right and Oops. they and they were and i mean the guy how, how do you know everything about every car you so don't one little mistake but he, the guy knows 99 percent of everything else <laughs> yeah. well you know listen it's a perfect world when you're hiding behind your keyboard. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and you know, listen, there are times when we make mistakes and we're we're thankful to get somebody mm-hmm. who points them out. That's Look, right. because we never a we'll never make that mistake again. Um and b it's good that we have the right information. We're not perfect. We don't know every single thing about the car. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of times our consigners don't know everything about a right. car or anything about their car. Well, as we um, sort of staff the Philly Auto Show table, people come up to say, "How much do you think my so and so is worth?" Well, 
That's hard to say yeah. right there and mm-hmm. then. You, know, it's you a tough send question. me a picture of it, but that's a tough question. It's a tough question even when they send you a picture because mm-hmm. – um, you don't know the history. You don't know the condition. You don't know how well it runs or doesn't run. You don't know. There's a lot of unknowns that a picture just isn't going to tell you Correct. just by, you know, looking at a picture on a phone or, mm-hmm. or wherever else you may have it. So I think that, uh, what you, what you need to do is give us as much information as you possibly can about the history of the car, the restoration of the car, so on and so forth, and then let us do some research on it. But, but asking us right off the top of our head, yeah, I know what the range for a 70 Chevelle is right. or a 79 Camaro or a 71, uh, you know, whatever. But that doesn't mean that's what your car's worth. Right. Somebody came up and said there was a particular kind of car, and he said, I think Lucille Ball owned this car. And I go, well, that would change the value a little bit with provenance like that, but we have to be able to verify. Yeah, and the problem with provenance is certain provenance means nothing, and certain provenance means something. If it was owned by Steve McQueen, then that's a big deal. Uh Owned by you know some obscure actor or is in an obscure movie that you've never heard of Mm -hmm. really doesn't add a whole lot to the value of the car, unfortunately. Um, Steve McQueen does. um, You know, any Famous race car driver Carol mm-hmm. Shelby obviously does, but not everyone does make that much of a difference. But people will tell you that they don't care about that, except when they buy it, they'll go, you know, this used to be owned by <laughs> Jay, Jay Leno. You That's know? right. <laughs> so it, it it doesn't mean anything until it does mean something, right? So correct. So you ask, where did we sell cars? Not just this week, but the last week before. Because, yes. So it's forty six sold. Oh, really? In the last two weeks. You want to break that down by state or you just want to? I'm going to go for it. Run I'm going to go for it. Waterford, New Jersey, Centerville, Delaware, Taylor, Texas, Glenside, Pennsylvania, Emmett, Idaho, Mankato, Kansas, Baldwinsville, New York, Matthews, Virginia, Forney, Texas, Marlton, New Jersey, Silverthorne, Colorado, New Bedford, Massachusetts, St. Louis, Missouri, Levittown, Pennsylvania, Hamburg, Pennsylvania, Wimbledon, London, England, uh, Street, Maryland, Waterford, New Jersey, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, Hummelstown, Pennsylvania, North Wales, Pennsylvania, West Fargo, North Dakota, Temple Hills, Maryland, Cortland Manor, New York, Brooklyn, New York, Coatesville, Pennsylvania, New Windsor, Maryland, Bolton Landing, New York, McMinnville, Oregon, Mullen, Idaho, South Wick, Massachusetts, Midland, Texas, McMurray, Pennsylvania, Pennsville, New Jersey, White House, Texas, Silver Spring, Maryland, Wharton, Maryland, Washington, D.C., Coningham, Pennsylvania, Placios, Texas, Keysboro, Victoria, Australia, McCungie, Pennsylvania, twice, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, Birdsboro, Pennsylvania, Elwood, Illinois. Oh, man. That is 17 states, two other In two countries. countries. That's amazing. And I have a head rush. I have a buzz (laughs) going. That was like a free buzz. Holy cow. I'm like the FedEx guy. Remember those commercials? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the cheapest car we sold was $8,300, and the most expensive car was north of 80000 So we have a little bit for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it got me to thinking about other places that we see cars for sale and auctions and so on and so forth. Barrett Jackson just finished up last weekend, and it was good TV as always, listening to yeah. uh, our buddy Steve Bignante yeah. and uh, Mike Joy and all those guys. We hope to have Craig Jackson on the show at some point in time. We awesome. Are, yeah, it'd be great to have him on here. And I think that uh, we're reaching out to his people, and his people are, you know, doing whatever they do and so hopefully we'll we'll hear back but you know they sold 190 million 1900 cars and 190 million dollars in sales in a 10-day auction and over 150 million they've they've surpassed in in giveaways to charity which is awesome Mm -hmm. and but here's the interesting thing they had 300,000 people in attendance in scottsdale at this show the most expensive car sold a 1989 Ferrari F40, $2,750,000. But nobody talks about this. What was the least 
amount mm. a car sold for. Not a motorcycle, not a mini bike, not mm. a piece of memorabilia. A 2002 Jaguar XJ Sport 4 liter V8, $3,500. Is that right? Yeah. Was that on television? Or I don't believe that made television. Because <laughs> Thursday's usually low end cars, but even those are. No, no, no. This is Monday now. So okay. they started oh, right. Monday. Oh, right, right, right. So they started even. So it was actually a seven day, not a 10 day auction. Okay. So a seven day auction. Mm-hmm. But the good news about the XJ Sport, it had the premium alloy wheels. So uh, there you go. Uh, so that's worth the price. So $3,500, $3,850 with commission. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow. So. It proves that just because all you see at an auction or all we talk about at Classic Automall is the high-end stuff, right. that there are lesser affordable cars that are available at these sales. And this car was beautiful. This O2 Jaguar, it's a beautiful silver blue. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it had 8 million miles on it. That's the thing. You really don't know the mileage unless you're there with the catalog. Yeah, because just looking at it, they didn't have a picture of the odometer and they didn't list the mileage, which is never a good sign. Right. If it's bad news, they don't tell you. If it's good news, they splash it on all over the car, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, in the old days, when you went to an auction, like Cruz had the sale up in Auburn, Indiana, in the good old days, you'd get there on Tuesday and you'd buy a cheap car, raise your hand, one of the first cars, you'd use that as your rental car all week, and then you'd, you'd get a number for Sunday, the mm-hmm. last day of the auction, and you'd sell it, uh-huh. and you'd hope to either break even or even make a little <laughs> bit of money. But that became your, your wow. rental car for the weekend. Right. So we'd buy a 77 Cadillac Sedan DeVille with 120,000 miles on it, drive it around for the whole week with uh-huh. a dealer tag on it, come back on Sunday and and put it in the auction and sell it. And wow. sometimes we made a little bit of a profit. That's so funny. we were circumventing the system. I know. don't think people do that at Barrett-Jackson, but that's an interesting <laughs> Well, you could. Concept. You could have bought you this could. XJ Sport, but you have to get the number on Sunday. Back then it was a little looser at right. Cruise. You could actually get a number at the last minute. And get the car. And get the car. Right. And, and, you know, so not quite the same. Uh, it's a little different uh, 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 system and process nowadays. But when we return to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, by the way, ClassicAutomall.com is our website. You go there and you can sign up, like I said, for the newsletter or see all of our inventory which we didn't talk about any of our new uh, of our inventory however we can get to that um but we have a very special guest in the studio with us today uh and when we come back we will return with uh, the special guest we'll tell you all about him and what he does and why he does it talk to you in a minute when it comes to car magazines are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you then crankshaft is the car magazine for you Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall Podcast. We're going to solve all the world's problems today, I'm quite certain of that, because our special guest, oh, there goes our orange truck, right there, right? We're so distracted. We're like, you know, it's just shiny stuff gets us. So anyway, our special guest in the studio with us today, which is rare because he works for us, yet we never see him, Peter Leach, our content editor for the fancy term of it. And for the less fancy term of it, he's a vehicle description writer. And for the more fancy term of it, he's really the overseer of all things photography and description. So if you don't like the description on your car, call and ask for Peter. Wait. <laughs> Didn't you know you were going to get set Wait up like this? I knew I was going to get ambushed. <laughs> I told you. I, 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 I'm an equal opportunity ambushist. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, I'm glad anyway. I'm right next to you. I can reach yeah. out and throttle you. <laughs> yes, please don't. Um, you know, I, that's um, – Listen, it is so wonderful to have you on. We've been talking about doing this, and you're actually the first, technically the first employee. Of, although Steve's on the show. Steve works for us, sort of, uh, we think. We're not sure. We don't see him very often, but we don't see you very often. Uh, but Peter, we decided a long time ago, Peter writes all the descriptions for us for all of our cars and also oversees the photography in that department and all that. But we decided many years ago when we started this that Peter would be better served working off-premise versus working here because there's a lot of distractions here. Uh, you don't have a new Ferrari showing up or a new Porsche showing up at your door every five minutes, and that's the problem here. And I got to ask, are you enjoying that part of the process, being off-premise doing it, or would you prefer to be back here? <laughs> uh, I think I can answer that in one word. No. no. <laughs> but it's a, it allows you to be less distracted, correct? Absolutely. In fact, uh when I was here, I had my desk over in the corner right. there in the main showroom, and, you know, you'd have people come up with questions. There was a lot of distractions. And in the beginning, when I first got here, in fact, we were talking that I walked through the halls to come to your office, <laughs> and there was a lone, wonderful car, right. actually, a TR6, right underneath the skylight in the center. Right. And that's the only car that was in the whole mall, <laughs> except for in the showroom. Right. Nothing in the mall ways. Nothing in the mall ways. Yeah. And so that was the early days. That was almost five years ago. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the whole thing as far as the way it's evolved, we've gotten so busy, which I, I couldn't even imagine it in the beginning because I did the photography and the writing. Yeah, exactly. And I look back on that and I think there's no way that I could yeah. ever do that now. Well, I think we, we looked at it as that we're as busy as we can possibly be. And that was five years ago when we were taking in 40 cars a month and now we're taking in a 90 or 100 or 120 cars in a month. Right. So certainly right. changed the thing. But I think you're right. I think working from home, your job when you're writing is no different than you see guys who are working on, you know, IT guys who are working on their computers kind of in the dark and a locked door. And they, the, the, the distractions don't work in that type of thing. Because as I tell P- Peter, for those of you who don't know, um, he writes, you know, eight or ten paragraphs per car. And how many cars have you done since we've been here? Uh, I've done 4,652. <laughs> well, can you be a little bit more precise? No. Please? Okay. Um, that's a lot to write about. Now, now, granted, listen, there are some that are a little bit repeatable, if you will. I mean, we've had quite a few 57 Thunderbirds that you can write a, at least an opening paragraph that can be kind of generic. And that's what we like to do is, is that opening paragraph be something generic about the make and model of the car or the style or the error or whatever. The meat of it is the other seven paragraphs. Right. That are blank. Is that well, intimidating? Well, and every every car is different, right? No, even if it's the same fifty-seven T-Bird, right. it's from a different consigner. And we've had cars that actually have returned that we're reselling, and a lot of times those people have done little things to it. So each description is actually a unique mm-hmm. thing. 
there are details that I'm using from all the cars because they look the same. Sure. But I try and make one each each description different. I come up with a theme maybe or something. If it's an interesting car, maybe silly. Sure. Uh, you know, well, we like the silly. So yeah, I like that kind of. Stuff. I do too. And if you take yourself too serious in the classic car business, or if you don't like the silliness, then maybe this is not the hobby for you to get in. Uh, that, I, I agree. With that. <laughs> you know, and I don't mean that. I, I don't mean that sarcastically. I just mean that that it's it's supposed to be lighthearted. This is fun. We're dealing with old cars. This nobody needs anything we have in our building. Well, that's what I, t- I tell people. Uh, they're like, oh, what do you do there? And I say, well, I do writing and I look over the photography, but I'll come in and I'll just drive cars sometimes. Yeah. And when you think about it, that's one of the best jobs in the world. I mean, I could get behind the wheel of any one of 800-some cars that are here. Yeah, because you, you need to do that. It's I not do. It's required of you. It's not that it's like a luxury and that you're doing it just to goof off. You're doing right. it because you need to understand the DNA of a car. <laughs> Wow. That was we're, deep. We're going to get deep. You didn't tell me we were going to Sorry, I didn't mean to go that No, it, it is true, though, that you get behind the wheel, and within five minutes, you, you know. can tell whether what kind of car that is. You can almost tell how hard it's been run mm-hmm. just by looking at the, sure. the, the tactile things that it offers up. Well, I can tell you that I, I talked about this last week. One of my buddies will always, if it's roll-up windows, he'll roll up and down the windows. And if they bind up or hang up, then he knows that there's there could have been a problem. You know, it's just one of those little telltale signs. It's like the brown M&Ms. You know, the reason that the, the, the bands on their riders back in the day put brown, you know, no brown M&Ms, it was an easy thing to check. And you would just, every time you went to the show, you would know, to, and if they did put brown M&Ms in the M&M thing, then you would know there's other things that were wrong right. that they overlooked. Right. And so, and that's, that's important to know that because you, you want to make sure that everybody does their job. And for me, and, and what I've told you from day one, and you know this, and, and I think you appreciate it as much as I do, we're brutally honest about cars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. In fact, that's, uh, from day one, you've said that. And honestly, I try and look over a car. I'm not going to trash it. No. There are cars, though, that uh, have some faults, and people need to know that. Absolutely. And I think the honest thing has really paid off because there, you can literally read that description. You want to look the car over, the picture, show it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're brutally honest yeah. as far as the condition and what the little faults are mm-hmm. and things like that. And I I think in the long run, that definitely helps sell the car. I mean, no, there's no car that I've ever seen in here that's been perfect. Oh, we love it when somebody says their car's perfect, don't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we'll prove you're wrong, pal. Yeah, yeah. yeah perfect. Uh-huh. Give me five minutes. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. If you put something to a – I tell people, and this is true, that you'll know more about a car by reading the description and looking at our photographs than you know if you came here blind – I mean, just came here and looked at the car on your own. Oh, absolutely. Without question, because you would not think to look for some of the things that no, we point and, out. And frankly, when you go to a car dealer and you're looking at cars, a lot of people, you're going to have stars in your eyes. You're like, oh, this is really cool. And you're kind of overlooking mm-hmm. some of these details that we're – because we're touching them, we're looking at them every day. It's not like you take it for granted, but you don't have stars in your eyes. That's exactly right. I can tell you I've made that mistake. I've gone to an auction and bought a car and realized that I didn't look it over as closely as I should have. And I got kind of caught up in the moment. It was – here's the problem. Here's the here's the kiss of death words at an auction. That seems too cheap. <laughs> And then you find out why. Yes. Well, there's usually a reason. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that it's inexpensive. And just because one just like yours sold at so-and-so auction doesn't mean that yours is worth that amount oh, of money. We run into that a lot. Yeah. And in fact, in your previous, uh, 
discussion in your intro, I heard you say about, uh, oh, we try and get the facts and you always have experts and people make mistakes. And I've made numerous mistakes. And believe me, there's people on uh, eBay that'll tell you. <laughs> yes, they will. We, we refer to them here as the eBay experts. <laughs> yes, they are out yeah. there, aren't so they? So if I make a mistake, believe me, an eBay expert is going to correct me. I'll tell you the other funny thing that sometimes we do. If we don't know the size of something or the engine size or something, we put it on eBay with a mistake just so we can find out what it really is. Because a lot of times guys buy these cars and they buy it at an estate. There's nobody to ask any questions. There's no detail on it. Or they buy it at an auction and it's a red four-speed is the entire description of the car. And so people buy cars and they don't know exactly what it is they have. And 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 no fault in that. Listen, whatever makes you happy. You know, If you don't need to know all that, then buy a car that doesn't have the information right, right but the ones we love are the ones you open up the trunk and there's folders and boxes not of parts but of information oh, and absolutely. descriptions and, yes. because red four speed we get a lot <laughs> yes yes there's amazing how many people are out there buying cars and even cars that they bring in here that they really don't know a lot about right it. in right. fact uh, my i know you hate this word my crack decoder <laughs> that I work with, Justin, why he's very good at looking at an engine and getting the number off of it mm-hmm. and seeing if it's factory engine or numbers matching or whatever. And a lot of times guys bring this stuff in and they learn a lot more about the car just bringing it in here. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the things that we do that's almost invaluable, the research that we do on your car. Uh, because, you know, a lot of times guys will think that their car is matching numbers. And when you drill down to why they think that, it's because the guy told them that they bought it from. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, oh, when I bought this, they said this and this and this. Mm-hmm. I could tell you that, too. Yeah, exactly. Numbers don't lie. No, they don't lie. And, you know, the interesting thing about this hobby is is that there are nefarious characters in the hobby. I guess we can say that. It's not, it's not, a, you know, it's not a mystery or surprise of that. But for the most part, people are generally pretty honest about what they have or what they don't have. I agree. And people want you to know what it is. And, and every once in a while we get a guy who will gripe at us for, you know, putting something in there that they don't particularly like. But you sure hate to be the bearer of bad news on that matching number engine thing because the value – Let's look at it. A 70 Chevelle with a matching number 396 versus a 70 Chevelle with a 1977 350 in it. Significantly difference in value. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's scary because a guy bought it based on one thing, and now they're finding out another thing. Yeah, I, I always hate to be the bearer of bad news with that. A mm-hmm. lot of times you get a little grief about that, but... Hey, we're just trying to be honest. Just the facts, ma'am. Honestly, the numbers don't lie. No, they do not. And uh, although when they do lie, it's because somebody's restamped it, but we're good at knowing that as well, too. Absolutely. With brooch marks and all the different things that you can have. And then it's amazing what you see. I mean, it's not like there's, and, and I think my general knowledge of what I see that comes in here, people are pretty honest. Pretty honest. I I deal with a lot of people buying things for my hobby on, uh, on, eBay, right. Etsy, or wherever. And most of the people I deal with are good people. Sure. I don't feel like they're going to rip me off. Well, it's kind of like when you see these uh, fruit stands or vegetable stands on the side of the road. Nobody's working it. There's just a little jar there you put your money yeah. in. And most people do. And most people put more than they should. Like they'll put a $10 bill in instead yeah, of $8. You know, yeah, that's, that's the whole rub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bring your cash. Yeah. Bring your cash and uh, don't, you know. Bring big bills, then we can't change them for That's you. Right. So, no, but I, I think that, like you said, most people are honest when it comes to that. And, and, and 
the ones that aren't honest or that are mistaken are usually just that, mistaken. They didn't know any better, or they, they never assumed to ask, or they bought a car at one of the auctions. I tell you, it's almost to the point sometimes where you're just thankful to see a resto mod because you don't have to prove anything. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Or honestly, some of my favorite ones as a writer are actually hot rods. Right. Because they're totally different. Each Every one. one of them is a yeah. custom car, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And those are interesting. And for some reason, when I look at a hot rod, I have a hard time trying to skim through it because everything is exactly the way they wanted to do it. Yeah. And and that doesn't always translate well to selling. That's the problem that you run into with hot rods is that you can over-customize something. It's like oh. your house. you got to be careful. You can't over-customize something. You do too much, and, and nobody wants it but you. You're, you've pigeonholed it to the one of one. <laughs> yeah, you've made it more valuable than the actual value. Exactly. You know, And if you spend $100,000, generally speaking, you're probably going to be lucky to get fifty. It, it's just the nature of it. you got to don't buy it to make a profit. Do it because you love it. That's right. How many times do we tell people that? All the time. That's, you know? that's the way to go because if you buy a car that you need to work on, more than likely you're going to put way more money into it than yep. what it's ever going to be worth because you get wrapped up in this. Yeah. So buy the best you can possibly afford. That's what I would do. And, and we tell people that. And don't buy it to make a profit. Buy it. To, to enjoy it. And if you make a profit, then hey, happy Great. days, you know. So when we return, uh, we will get deeper into this, uh, conversation. And I don't know what you hear in the background. Hopefully Steve will be able to edit that out. Mm-hmm. So it's just kids running yeah, and there's screaming. People here. <laughs> yeah, those people. Those pesky Darn people, customers. you know. Customers, yeah. <laughs> pesky customers. Those pesky customers. It'd be a good world if it weren't for people, right? <laughs> when we, when we return, we will continue our conversation with, uh, our content editor extraordinaire, Peter Leach, uh, on the Classic Auto Mall podcast. See you in a minute. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. Boy, if we can only if these walls can talk. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes commercial breaks are uh, yeah, yeah, humorous. They are humorous. Hey. Maybe we should record the commercial breaks and forget the stuff that we talk about <laughs> where we're trying to be serious. Viewership up 300. 300%. Yeah. So we've got Peter Leach, our uh, photographer, content editor, uh, graphic designer, woodworker. Man, you've got a lot on your resume. I you? do. What do you... Tell me what you love about this job. And I'm not putting you on the spot because I'm the boss and I can fire you oh, right I don't feel that way. I know you don't. Uh, What do you love about this job? I love the fact that uh, I get to deal with something that I'm really passionate about. I've always loved cars. In fact, I 
this past weekend I was down in uh, Daytona for the 24-hour race, and I was with a friend of mine that right. we just reflected on our all our racing experience and right. going around with cars and – it's been all my life. So basically, I'm doing something I just love. Well, and and to be able to find a way to make a living at it. See, that was always my problem. I always wanted to be messing with old cars or classic cars or sports cars, but I never really knew how to make a living yeah. at it. And then I got in the auction business, and then I figured the consignment business. And, yeah. you know, it just well, this is – I just – I'm so thankful for the job because it – it's it's using several of my interests. One is the uh, the photography, which sure. I did for thirty six years, and then decided I want to do something different. And I remember when I first came to you, you know, I said, "Well, the photography I kind of got to figure it out." Right. But the writing <laughs> that's is be- really <laughs> what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And that's turned out to be great because it's been a great way to express a different form of creativity. And I mean, I I get my inspiration from. Uh, years of watching unlimited television when I was a kid mm-hmm. to going around with my photography business and dealing with all these salesmen all across the country and you hear all kinds of crazy stuff. And mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten around. I've been really, really fortunate with both careers. Right. And I'm glad that this one's working out. And as you said, with the independence of being able to work from home, it's, it's just been, it's a great job. Yeah. Well, the wonderful thing about it is, is you do find inspiration from all different things. You can be at a, at a retail store looking at something and you'll see some design of something and it'll make you think of something. And I love your references because there's so many things that, that are obvious once you've written them, but to think of them, that's the difficult part. So to come up with the ideas, you know, one thing to read it and go, Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Could you have come up with it? No. <laughs> it, it's amazing though. And, and I like the lightheartedness in it. And, and I always tell you, and, and I'm a firm believer in this. And folks, you might find a, a, a grammatical error or two in our listings from time to time. Don't lose your sleep over it. Listen, Peter has been, and, and, and it always will be. And I tell any creative person this, just write it as it flows. We'll look at it. And if we, we catch a few little errors here and there. We'll fix them. But it's not the end of the world. Yeah. The passion of what you're doing and the correct information out there is way more important than we missed a comma. Yeah. You know, comma, comma, yeah. comma. No, we do. You know, you try and be accurate. You try and make it an interesting read. Yeah. That, that's probably the most difficult part of the job. Is yeah. How am I going to take this whatever? And it's not the greatest car, but I try and put mm-hmm. the same amount of effort into each car, no matter if it's a $4,000 car or a 200000 Absolutely. And, and but what I find interesting in the way that you write is that you have a tendency when it's a less expensive car or not as interesting to really try even harder. Yeah. Why, why is that? I, I don't know. To figure that I out. mean, if we had a Ferrari Enzo in here, you'd be like, I got a paragraph, you know, <laughs> we've got a 77 four door Nova and you're, you know, war and peace. <laughs> but we, we do say that. And that's very important for people to understand when you can sign a car with us, it doesn't matter if we accept the car. It gets the same treatment, the same Absolutely. amount of photographs, the same everything that we do, same websites, same everything. I mean, we don't hold back because, listen, our bread and butter is the less expensive cars. Every once in a while, we sell the high-dollar stuff, and, you know, in the mid-dollar stuff, we sell a lot of. But our bread and butter is is everything. It is. And we don't say no to many people because we have clients who have high-end cars, and they have mid-level cars, and they have low-end cars. And a lot of the places where they would take their car to sell will say, well, we'll take these three, but we don't want these three, and we definitely don't want these three. And we're the opposite. We'll say, look, we'll help you sell them, just as long as you allow us to describe them accurately. Yeah. You know. Well, the interesting thing is is that with that theory, we have the saying, 
that you never know what's going to come through the door. Exactly. Every day. Sometimes it's like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, I get phone calls from the guys and I'm way in the back in the, in the catacombs of (laughs) classic auto mall. (laughs) And, and I don't see what's happening. I don't even have a window in my office. I, from time to time hear a car being test driven around the lot or whatever. And I, oh, I wish I could do that, but I'll get a call every once in a while. I go, you got to come up here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You really need to come up here because there's something really cool just came through the door. And we never know. We talk to people all day long. But ultimately, we tell people, look, when you're ready, just bring your car. If we're open, we'll take it. You know, and the thing is, they still have to bring it. Yeah, that's the thing. They have to bring it. Not, you know, and listen, people, life gets in the way of doing planned activities or things that you want to do. And, you know, Saturdays are our busy day because we're only open from nine to noon. And I say only open because. We're tired. It's been a long week. <laughs> Sorry. If you don't like it, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm sitting here watching the, the masses go by, and this is unbelievable. Saturdays are pretty crazy. I mean, it's been a while since you – yeah. The parking lot's full. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been here on a Saturday. It has been a while yeah. since I've been here on a they've, Saturday. They've, be- great. they've become quite busy. And, and some of it has to do with the casino. Some of it has to do with just more recognition of what we do and who we are. Listen, we can still run into people at the Philly Auto Show who have no idea we exist. Even with the cars on display there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, where do these come from? Yeah, where do they, where, what? You know? And, and when you tell them, it's funny, when you tell somebody you have 900 cars in a building, you glaze them. You, you mm. Krispy Kreme donut them. That's they just true. no idea what you mean by that. It's like telling people the building is 336,000 square feet. They go, what? what? Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't mm-hmm. register. That's why we used to say our tagline was, where do you see this place in person? That's, uh, you know? it's definitely, uh, impressive. Yeah. And it's gotten, more so over the five years that I've spent here. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, it's one of those things that you build it and you build it and you build it and you forget about the fact that it's a, an amazing place. And then you one day you stop and you go, wow, look at all the cars we have in here and a little bit of everything. And I think that uh, it'll only continue to grow. I mean, we, we're we prepared to do whatever we got to do to keep taking cars. We're not going to say, oh, we've come to a limit. We're cutting off the cars. We never want to be that. We always want to say, bring them. You're huddled masses. You're tired. You're weak. You're, you're tired, poor. You're poor. You're, <laughs> you're expensive, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've sold some really expensive cars uh, as well too and and our our level of inventory is is growing a little bit as as we go on each year and that's not by design it's just by i think reputation for us that yes, we're I agree. you know people are, are feeling more comfortable to bring us uh higher price cars and we had to earn that yeah you know yeah don't i i don't think though you should sell the the lower end things short because they there is really interest in everything in there fact are. some of these cars that come in here I just look at the what the designers were thinking and the way the cars evolved over the years and it's just a really interesting thing for me. Well, I I, I was I had a minor when I went to college in art history. Right. And that's probably been better than the photography major that I took because <laughs> right. it's helped me with this job. Sure. Houndstooth well, and all this yeah. other crazy stuff that they decided they're going to use. And Art Deco and the uh, Bel Air with Grandma's handwriting on the dash with that's in the right. script. And grandmother's that. handwriting. Yeah. But you know the thing that you that you do that, that is, you know, it, it's most uh, – listen, at the end of the day, we talk about how the difficulty of doing what you do is – but you get into a flow of things, and I can tell. I, I don't see you doing it, but I can feel you doing it when I read it. That you're just in a in a in a flow. You're just going. You oh, know? that's and pretty just cool. Ding 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 ding. It's like you can hear the typewriter. Ding ding ding. 
<laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you know, and of course. Is a typewriter? Yeah. Did I not Murder, tell you she that? Wrote. <laughs> a selectric. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those ball. Yeah, yeah right. Ball. Oh, those are cool. Oh, you could actually clean it up. You could like, you could fix a, a, a problem with that as you well. You could. Too. It yeah. had a, yeah, it had a, uh, like a white band that yeah, come right. up and you'd take the letter off magically. Yeah, it just magically disappear, yeah. you know. It's like you can unsend text messages on the new iPhone. How is that possible? Oh, you can? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you can pull so, it back. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's before somebody were actually to see it, right? Yes. I mean, if it's unread and you yeah. change your mind, <laughs> you have about 30 seconds. Listen, you know good, you know, <laughs> right, and then right. you go, oh. That, that just like, came up last night. I was uh, texting somebody about this balloon that's been floating uh-huh. around. Oh. And it was the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> when we return, we'll get deeper into this. Uh, oh, and, no. <laughs> and we will talk more about uh, the photography and the uh, description side of it and just fun stuff about cars in general when we turn to the Classic Auto Mall podcast in just a minute. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. We've solved all the world's problems, I think, and we're banning some things from here. So <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. So we're talking to Peter Leach, our uh, photographer and content editor, uh, writer extraordinaire. What's your favorite author? Who do you love? Do you read fiction, nonfiction? What do you read and who do you love? I, I actually am not a very good reader. Really? No. No. I, I, I hate to admit it. All my content comes from life experiences right. and TV. Really? Wow. Isn't that horrible? No, I, I don't. I mean, that's our generation, right? Yeah. yeah in fact, I, I remember when I when I, when I went to the Cocalico High School. It's my alma mater in right. Denver. <laughs> and, of course, you know, they don't – they didn't prepare you a whole lot for college. And sure. You get to college, and the, one of the first courses I had as a general study – course was survey of western literature <laughs> jesus that sounds fun the iliad and canterbury <laughs> tales and it's like what is the, this you know? isn't that funny though? oh my gosh no so i i never was a really good reader right and that's interesting because you know i think a lot of this generation are just like that but you're a great writer but it's got to be hard to proof your own stuff too when you're not a great reader right 
I don't. <laughs> I think artists in general are not great uh, scholastically or, sure. or reading is a, is a problem. Yeah, not usually, a problem, but. Yeah, usually that's the case. Artists are uh, of a different breed. My dad was an architect and he was, his business sense was terrible, but he was great at, as an architect. A lot of doctors are great at their craft, mm-hmm. but not good at yeah. another element I've, of I've it. I've actually been fortunate to be able to run for 36 years, run my successful business. Right. And that was interesting because I never had any real business experience. Right. When right. you're in that situation, you kind of learn pretty quick. Well, you just do or die. That's right. Know? That's and, right. And but this is this is a it's been a really interesting opportunity that people here to work for are great, and I, I can't say enough about right. how fortunate I am to have whatever I have that comes up with this stuff. Well, I can tell you that the feeling is mutual because you know, without getting sappy here, we we really appreciate everything you do and it's not easy. A blank sheet of paper scares the crap out of some people. <laughs> and might you do I imagine sometimes you look at it that way too. Oh, I you having do. a bad fact, day or you know It's weird. I I usually get up my schedule is is that I get up like five o'clock in the morning and that's when I seem to be the most creative with right, writing. Right. And I'll write till maybe nine or ten and then that's it. I can only do so much. And then after that, I have to, I have to stop. Yeah. I just kind of run out. Yeah. Know? It's a little overload. I mean, I used to write the descriptions for our classic car businesses prior to being here and I'm fairly good. I'm not good like you. I'm not as creative as you. I'm more t- technical spec kind of guy. You know, I'm more like Justin, our, our spec writer. Uh, you know, I can tell you about, you know, this number and this and that. And this is, a, and uh, but I found myself saying about the same thing for every car, you know, runs and drives great. You know, well, yeah. what does that mean exactly? <laughs> you know, and, and I love the fact that you put real world experience into your descriptions. Like we take, I love that you take oddball cars through the drive through at the McDonald's, which is here on oh the Oh my property. gosh. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> I've, I've taken the, the best one was the Izetta. Oh my gosh. I had to reach through the roof to get my bag. And I love it that you just go order stuff, not in, with no intent to eat it. You just like to see their expressions. Like see the expressions. From the, you get people out with their cameras. Oh, and, I mean, it's amazing the attention. You know, I love all that stuff. So. Sure. So you mentioned that you were just back from the 24 hours of Daytona and uh, that was an amazing race. The Acuras just killed it. Down oh, there. It's, one, you know two. what's weird about that though? Those guys went 850 some laps and they only won by 30 seconds it was tight as it's ever been i mean it was just amazing you know every every driver gets a rolex yes how cool now do they get a rolex daytona or do they oh it's i think it's a special watch for each year. each year yeah yeah, yeah that's got we a... were we commenting on it you have these guys roger penske was in bed with uh, right porsche this year right and he's fielding two cars one of them's going to go to europe and do that circuit over there but they're spending millions of dollars and the prize is a <laughs> the Rolex. Rolex watch. Well, hey, good luck buying them. You go to a jewelry store, and all the ones in the display case are fake. They're they're not real Rolex. They can't sell them. They're just display Rolexes. Yeah. And they're so they're not easy to buy. So it's almost like even though it's not, you spend a lot of money to get something little. You get something that you can't buy. Yes, it's unobtainium. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I, I believe it is every year. It's a it's a different design right. of a custom watch for the 24 hours of that year. And the first two two uh, finishers in the GTP in the overall was the two Acuras, or as Jackie Stewart says, the Acuras, <laughs> and the, and then the next three were the Cadillacs. The and those Cadillacs, were, yeah, they well, they were normally aspirated. Yeah, too. and the hybrid uh, Acuras, which were everybody was kind of interested to see how that would turn out. Yeah, but they didn't know because it's the first year for yeah. that, and uh, they were worried about overheating. They were, mm-hmm. of course, worried about reliability, but. 
It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, those cars, they, uh, we had great seats and they come across that finish line. They're going a couple hundred miles an hour and they're down to 70 miles an hour within a hundred yards. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, amazing. it's just, it's like defies physics. Right. It's almost more impressive the braking than the acceleration. It is. It is. <laughs> and of course, Elio Castroneves was on the winning team, the Acura team, who is going for his fifth Hopefully, fifth win at Indy at the Indy 500 this year. How cool would that be? That would be great because nobody's ever done it five times. You got Foyt and AJ Foyt, Rick Mears, and Alan Sr. Senior who have won four, four times, times along with Elio. Uh, but um, he's got a chance this year. I think they're really going to push for him to win, and they should let him win. I think all the other teams should let him win. So. Yeah, I think they might <laughs> yeah, do that. Just, just, just back off. Yeah, a little let's bit. give like, the guy his fifth. Come win. on, who let's needs the milk? You know, who, you know, you know who's got the most wins at Indy as at the Indy 500. Who's that? The captain, Roger Penske, 18. Oh, yes. Yeah, 18. Yes. How about the guys who've done the double duty? You know what the double duty is? It's when they run the Indy 500 and then they fly down to South Carolina? Close, North, North Carolina. Carolina to Charlotte. And they do Charlotte and yeah, then they the do 600. 600. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so and 1,100 <laughs> in one day. Nobody's really been successful. No, at it. Uh, I think Tony Stewart um, completed all 1,100 laps. I, I think he's the only one who's ever completed all 1,100 laps, uh, and he did that. And then the last one to do it, I think, was—I don't remember who it was. Maybe oh, I was a NASCAR guy. I think it was Kurt Busch was the last one to actually do it in like 2004 or something. Oh, he ran an IndyCar. Yeah, he ran oh, an IndyCar. I, and I think in that. 2004. I think it was. If I'm wrong, podcast a classic automobile. Just you know. Rake me over the coals. Ask eBay. <laughs> yeah. Ask the internet. You know, if I tell you, if, my, if one more time I tell my wife, uh, just just look it up. I'm, you got everything. She asked me a question. Why is the sky blue? <laughs> she doesn't say like that, honey. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say, <laughs> insinuate that you sounded like that. No. She'll say, "Why is the sky blue?" I go, you know, in your in your hand, you've got a, a device that will tell you everything in the whole entire world, and you look at pictures of cats and valances for our. <laughs> Or our windows. It's like this thing will tell you everything, and yet we forget that sometimes. It is, it, and it's a great resource. Honestly, I use it because if you look at uh, uh, what's the difference between a, a GT version and a, a GTX. Yeah, exactly. It'll tell you. It'll absolutely Because I don't you. know that. Not always. You know, listen, we don't know everything about cars here. We know a lot about cars. And I imagine, i got to say, you got to have learned a whole lot. Oh, it's, but that's the other fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was – I was younger. I wish I had the thirst for knowledge that mm-hmm. I do today. Mm-hmm. I mean, any kind of knowledge. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to become an expert in everything. If sure. I could. Oh well, I, I regret not listening more to my grandmother's stories about our family and the history of our family back then. And back then, it was just like, oh, grandma, blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And now you think, God, oh, I would kill to have I wish that. I had that person. And I and I've subscribed to. I've talked about this before. Newspapers.com is fascinating. I'm telling you, it's got almost every newspaper that's out there, and there's so much information. And as a matter of fact, we. Should get that subscription for you because there's car stuff in there as well too. Oh, I, I've never yeah, even heard. Yeah, of that. yeah newspapers.com, and uh, it's got amazing newspapers all the way back. It goes as far back as eighteen, I think eighteen forty or eighteen fifty. Wow. Yeah, so there wasn't a whole lot of cars written about back then, but <laughs> you get closer to nineteen hundred, they start talking about cars. Yeah, and of course, you know, early Cadillacs and early Fords, and we just consigned a, a nineteen fifteen Model T, and the guy's name is Henry Ford. 
Are swear you serious? God. Swear to God. Oh, my gosh. So we have to, that has to be part of your record. I didn't get to that one Talk yet. about provenance. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. there you go. How cool is that? Wow, though, that know? is cool. And you say, well, he says he's not related. But, yeah, you are. I mean, mm. in some, we're all related eventually, right? I would think. I mean, you know. If hey, you, what do they say, three steps away? From I think so. Six degrees of separation that, from Kevin good. Bacon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Kevin Bacon was the, the barometer of that. <laughs> I right? don't know either. <laughs> it works. Though. Get with that, Steve. I'd yeah, like to know that. Well, it's right here on my phone. Look that up on the phone, please. <laughs> that Google thing. Can I ask you know? me a question? You may. On average, how long does it take you to do those the write-ups? Oh, that's confidential. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to say it because then he made it it about calculating I'm it. Little, I'm going to devalue it. Oh, right, <laughs> right. No, no, Wait, no. We're paying honestly, way too much hourly. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, some of them just come to me Slow. and I can go. And mm-hmm. like Stuart says, I write my best when I don't have to worry about grammatical errors and spelling and right. things like that. I'll go through it at the end. Sure. But just to get that thought out mm-hmm. there and get it on, I'd say on average, it's probably about 40, 45 okay. minutes. But you got to remember too that some of the stuff that you write, you've researched prior to this. So you know a little mm-hmm. bit about a 427 engine or you know a little oh, about sure. a Muncie M20 or a, you know, there's a lot of things okay. that you've had to do. So it, it, it may be practical terms, 45 minutes, but mm-hmm. you know, there's five years of, of gaining knowledge about how to write it, how to present it. That's right. And honestly, the, the most difficult part for me is the intro paragraph because yeah. I'm trying to come up with something that's interesting to read, has something to do with the car, but it could be anything. Sure. I mean, it really literally could. A color. Be. A color could spark a, the could. first paragraph. And the yes. first paragraph, if you don't know, if you haven't read one of our descriptions, is a generic paragraph. And then the other six or seven are specific to the car. Whereas a lot of auction houses will do six or seven generic paragraphs and one paragraph specific to the car. And we're different than that. Yeah, and we're I, doing it. In fact, the other day, I did a uh, 59 international 4x4 pickup. Nice. And... I looked at the truck, and as soon as I saw it, it was blue, and I thought, Mater. That yeah. looks like Mater from <laughs> yeah. the car. Yeah. And so I used that theme throughout the whole thing. And you know what? I love that because, listen, at the end of the day, people don't want to just drone on about it's got you know 3.5 inches of suspension travel. It has a 22-gallon fuel tank. It has uh, intermittent wipers. You know, I mean, yeah. all that, okay, great. But give us a little bit more of that. You know, give us a little something that's of interest that we might learn something when we read. Well, and that's honestly, that's what I'm learning, too. I had a guy yesterday, or not yesterday. Last Saturday, tell me that he gives his English class uh, descriptions of our cars, and they go over and talk about the the style of riding. And really? Yeah. So I meant to tell you that. Sorry, I, wow. I didn't want you to all of a sudden come, you know, begging for more money or something. It's like, an, it's like a Christmas bonus in itself. I'm going to have to have a meeting. <laughs> Darn! What the heck? Did you know you're an adjunct professor? <laughs> I'll put that on my resume. <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah. yeah Along but, with this on my bucket list. But I mean, it's it's so refreshing when people appreciate what you do. Whether it's your your writing or our photography or our facility or how we do things, when people get it, they get it, you know. And not everybody gets it. Listen, and I don't expect everybody to get it. And if you don't get it, don't get it. You know what I mean? Don't don't bother. There's no reason to come here. It's not. It, it, this is supposed to be fun. And ninety nine point nine nine percent of the people we deal with, the situations we deal with, are fun. If there's a problem, we do our best to figure it out. But it's the one one tenth of a percent of people that just are difficult for no particular reason. They start out difficult and they end up difficult. For the life of me, it does, I, I don't understand why someone would want to have that kind of negative attitude. Right. Because to me, 
Life is so much easier. I mean, you you can attract way more flies with honey, <laughs> honey than yes. you can vinegar. Well, isn't that the truth? And the problem is, is that people that are negative like that usually almost create problems for themselves. They almost create. It's almost like if a guy's worried, oh, you're going to tear up my car. You're going to damage my car. I just know you're going to damage my car. Where's my car going to be? What? That's the car that's going to get damaged, right? <laughs> you know, it's just inevitable. Well, because he's going to find something that he didn't see before. <laughs> right, it didn't exactly. actually get damaged either. Yeah. That, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, but if you have that mentality or that mindset of it, that's what makes it difficult. So we, listen, if you're not coming here to have fun, and if we do have a problem, we'll fix it. Give us a chance. Give us a call. Don't go out there on the, the worldwide interweb and say, you know, these guys are terrible. At least give us a chance to fix it. If yeah. we don't fix it right then, then go out and tell everybody. We're, no, I, I, we're scoundrels. I don't see how anybody could say that with the honesty that we're trying to portray and with the, the time that we put into it. People don't understand that. No, right? they don't. I mean, listen, a lot of dealers put four or five pictures out there, uh, you know, a half a, a couple of sentences of, of information, and that's it. And come look at it for yourself and, you know, make of it as you will. We try to be the eyes and ears of the and feel of the people who are buying a car from California who, you know, it's not practical for them to come here to look at the car. And they're hoping that we're going to be honest enough. And listen, we miss things. I get it. Things happen. You know, we can't be 100% perfect all the time. And we haven't known these cars from new, nor has anybody. And so, but we do our best. And as my partner says, do your best and forget about the rest. There you go. That's a great That's way. A great, it's a great philosophy. Yeah, it's good philosophy. Yeah. So uh, what do you want to see come in here that we haven't seen, Peter? Is there a car that's on your kind of bucket list? No, honestly, it did happen this year. Right. For all those years, I never wrote about a 63 split window Corvette. I know. In it? fact, can you imagine all 4,600 <laughs> cars never wrote about a split window? And I can look across here and see it. Yeah, it's right there it's in right our main there. showroom. And that was the first 63 split window that, that we had we had in, in almost five years. And Hundreds of Corvettes. Well, yeah, in fact, yeah. I think the Corvette is probably the most ubiquitous car. Oh, there's there a big word. I had to use a big word there. Harry Dinwiddie, if you're listening, see, I'm not the only one who tries to use big words. <laughs> um, so it's funny you should mention that. 368 Corvettes we've consigned since we started. Is that what it is? I love the fact that I walk past a 78 Corvette and I go, ah, I've seen those. They don't have much power, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then I read your description of a 78 Corvette, and it makes me stop and go back and go, that's a damn good looking car. It is a good looking <laughs> You know, but you, because it was a lower performance, because it was, you know, mass produced, because they were everywhere, you tend to like overlook those and you shouldn't because they're amazing looking cars. Yeah. Well, so. that's, that's another thing this job has done for me is you look at a car in a totally different way. Like I'm studying mm-hmm. the, the fabrics that they use, sure. or the materials that they put into the interior or the, the design, how it evolved over the years. I'm just fascinated by that. Well, with that, we will leave you, uh, with the classic automobile podcast. We've really enjoyed having you on Peter. This has well, been a lot of fun today. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Much easier than you thought. It's not like sitting on pins and needles. Yeah, right? I thought, actually, I came in here and Stuart, you know, I thought he was going to start beating me up. Really gave me an opportunity to make more money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank Thanks, Steve. I really appreciate yeah, Steve, that. Thank well, you. I'll be on the podcast next week. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, I demand to be on every week. <laughs> <laughs> and next time I need those long stem red <laughs> And next week we'll be back with our show. We've got a special guest coming on next week as well, too. And uh, it'll be a surprise, so we'll tell you all about <laughs> it next week. But uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. 
We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.